Alright guys, welcome to Portable Success. Again, it is me, Emily, and today I have a very, very good friend, Bianca, with me. Bianca and me are very, very similar in a lot of things that we do. We've had, we've both got a clothing business, we both do film and photography, and now we both do some sort of online creation agency work. We're so similar, it's quite scary. <laughs> but I'm not going to introduce Bianca to you, I'm going to let Bianca do that herself. So there you go, Bianca, take it away. All right, thank you. Uh, yeah, hi guys, I'm um, Bianca. I own a clothing company called Eclectic. I've got a uh, content creation company called Eclectic uh, Media, and I've got a photography business that I do, which is um, uh, Eclectic Photos. Um, I also have a day job, um, technically, um, but I suppose in these times, none of us have a day job, really. <laughs> yeah, definitely right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like, Going on to stuff like this, because obviously, I, I mean, you've probably had it before, I've had it too, where I've been called crazy probably more times than I've been called normal, which to me is absolutely fine, because of the amount of things that we've done. Before, obviously, this pandemic came around, you know, like, I got told all the time that you couldn't manage that, you can't do that, you can't push that much, and I was like, no, it's not easy, I won't say that it's ever been easy for the things that I do, but yeah. the same as, like, you've done it as well. It's, it is possible and it's the way that you go around it, I think. Like, I think it's mainly towards my mindset, towards what I want to achieve, not tomorrow, but like five, ten years in the, in the future. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, nothing is ever done overnight. Like, anything, any kind of business, even getting a job, you would have to go through HR process and this, that and the other, and it takes minimum four weeks. Like, I don't think that people understand that in order to get what you want you have to be consistent for a very long time and you have to put the work in and you have to build the systems and the processes and the habits that enable you to do that and the way that you do that is by investing in yourself get up at five o'clock every morning you know create a morning routine create a bed routine start meditating start reading these are all things that can benefit you even if you don't want to be an entrepreneur or build your own business these are things that can benefit you in life in general. Yeah, I think like, and that's where it goes to like mindset because we've both spoke about this before. Like, I know we're a little bit different as in if people get text messages and emails and stuff like that from me at 5 a.m., that's really normal for me because that is where I work best. I work best getting out of bed, getting a cup of coffee, sitting on my computer and just working. I mean, like I've literally just told you before we jumped on the podcast that it's Sunday, you know, I know the podcast's not going out today, but it's Sunday when we're recording this and I've been up since half six this morning, it's now 10 o'clock and I've just sat at my computer and worked the entire time. But that's where I get to, but it'll get to about one, two o'clock in the afternoon and I will start fatiguing and then that's it, I don't wanna do anymore. And, <laughs> and it's where that's like, I'm like, I'm gonna go for my walk now, I'm gonna do my exercise now. But that routine has taken me probably the best part of two years to like solidify that suits me. It doesn't suit everyone, but it suits me. Well, this is it. I mean, I can work till two, three o'clock in the morning um, and not get up at five o'clock in the morning. But it depends on my routine and it depends on what I need to get done. Because if, like I said, if I'm at my day job, I get up at five o'clock in the morning. So I work best at nine o'clock, you know, in the morning and I'm, I've done my routine, I'm at work, I'm settled, I'm at my desk. But then when I'm at home, I could get up at nine o'clock and progress all the way through till 8 p.m. and then stop. I think people need to find what works best for them. Mm -hmm. Because what works best for me doesn't work for what's best for you, especially at the moment. And it's the same for, for other people. I'm all for modeling success. I mean, it's probably the best way to get to where you want to be quicker but you also have to take some initiative and write, okay, I've tried this, this works for them, I like this part, I don't like this part, I'm gonna use this part, I'm gonna forget that part. You have to, you can't take everything at its face value. You have to find out what's worse for you because everyone is individual. Yeah. And I think that only comes from testing. You have to try things. Yeah, and like that, and that's not just business. I think that's everything in general. Like I remember having a discussion with one of my PT clients and they were just saying, you know, like, oh, I get so many people who join stuff and then they, they drop off within a couple of weeks. And I was like, is it, it was a very set program. Like no matter what you did, everything was very, very set. And I was like, have you ever 
wondered to ask them how they operate as a human yeah. being. I was like, because if you turn around to me and said, Emily, I want you to go and do cardio at half four in the morning. Cool. I am so down for that. And I yeah. would be like, yeah, cool. That's fine. That That's quite easy for me to do because one, no one's in the gym. And two, I'll probably listen to an audio book at the same time, which is where I absorb the most information. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me. But if you turn around and said, no, I want you to do a heavy deadlift session at 10 o'clock in the evening, there is no yeah. chance in the world that I'm ever going to do that, ever. I'm, yeah. I'm asleep. I've been asleep for probably about an hour at that point. <laughs> See, I'm different. It's, it's just what I mean. So for me, getting up and doing cardio at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> is like middle of the night for me. It's not happening. I mean, I'm not a big fan of cardio as it is, but, I, you know, if I have to do it, I'll do it, but it's not going to be four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You ask me to deadlift at 10 o'clock at night, I'm all for it. <laughs> I've had my carbs for the day, and I prep better that way. I mean, I think it was like before my injury, two years ago, I was in the gym at three o'clock in the morning on my birthday, deadlifting. Yeah. Because I knew I was going away the next day, and it was the only opportunity I had. And I actually thoroughly enjoyed being in the gym on my own. But because I'd been up all that time, and I was full... And I, you know, I'd got all my work done. I could concentrate, and I enjoyed being there and doing that. But if you asked me to get up at three and do it, couldn't do it. Yeah. So, like, as someone who has got um, um, multiple businesses and stuff like that, and you know, even if you took away the pandemic that we have right now, because I think that's a conversation that we're kind of we're using a little bit too much in the wrong context. Like for me, sure. I was kind of you've been injured. I've been injured. When I was unable to do something, I didn't need a pandemic to help me put me into that situation. So in in the mind frame of, you know, when things go wrong, is that a reason why you've always continuously adapted and changed to the environment that's around you? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I have my moments, you know, I think any human person is going to have moments where they're like, why am I doing this? I think the key to it is being like, okay, I accept that this has happened and I accept that I feel a bit crap about it, but what can I do about it? Because really sitting there and and wallowing is not going to change your situation. And for me, you know, I have things that I want to achieve and I also, like every other person, have bills to pay. Yes, and that's my driving factor. I want to, I want to not be able to work for someone, you know, years down the line, so that when things like this happen, like my injury, then I'm not reliant on someone else or them telling me, you know, you need to send me a sick note. That's my driving force. The pandemic had nothing to do with it. Everyone's been moaning that they've been isolation for three, four weeks, whatever it's been now. I've not been able to drive or leave my house or work, my day job, since the 8th of December. Yeah. So for me, <laughs> this is no different. Yeah. Um, and I think people take for granted the possibilities that they have before something goes wrong. Yeah. Because I've been putting things in place before my injury. I'm just lucky now. Well, I say lucky. I'm lucky in terms of the fact that I now have undivided time to dedicate to my own ventures rather than my day job working you know yourself you know working eight to ten hours a day at a job for someone else takes up majority of your brain work like your brain power is sapped by the time you get home and then you still have to do things for yourself yeah i think now that we have this pandemic and we're in forced isolation we're in forced lockdown it's perfect time for people to really take hold of the things that what do they want to do you know do you want to learn to play the guitar do you want to start yoga do you want to learn to paint you know, do you want to learn more about yourself? Read a book. Like, these are all things that we actually have time for now. And I think that it'll get to a point where, I don't know, we've got maybe a week left and the government says, all right, you're all allowed out now. And everyone will be like, oh, you know, I wish I had time when they're back at work. And I think, well, you've had three months. Yeah. It's about taking personal, what's the word? taking personal pride in it and saying, like, okay, I have this time now. What do I wanted to do? You know, take the initiative. Yeah, I think the reason I adapted is because I've had to. It was my driving force. I have things I have to do, and I have things I want to do. Yeah. Um, but people need to find their tipping point of what's more important: staying in this place of pain or moving towards pleasure of what I actually want. We and it's never easy. Like the road is never easy. Whatever you want to do, it's going to be hiccups. You know, like you want to learn to play the guitar. 
you got to sit there for 10, 30 hours a week sometimes and sit there and learn your scales or learn your chords or get calluses on your fingers, you know, you get sore fingertips. These are all pain points, but they're getting you to what you want. And I think people need to appreciate that these are part of the process. You don't just get the end product. Yeah. Have to, you have to go through the steps. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's never an easy way to do that. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to uh, Danny in another podcast, and I was saying, you know, like, I, I'm still working full time. You know, I'm a, you know, I, I'm a medical scientist for animal vaccines. You know, like that doesn't stop. Like, <laughs> there are still other viruses. Funnily enough, I work with a virus. That yeah. virus is still apparent in different countries, and that's why I help them. But then I've even I even said to Danny the other day where I was sat and I was there and I was like, I bet you in six months time or a year's time when this is all over, I will still say to myself, I wish I worked harder during quarantine. And I want I'm not even in it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that's just I think that's partly who I am as a person. You know, I'm very um, I kind of once I got a got an idea in my head, I, I very find it very very hard not to go forward with it like in, in my clothing company essentially was one like that was the reason for that is that I was like I want to make clothes that people feel happy in and they feel supported in by a community yeah. and then the second that got into my head that's that's it game over like then now I keep continuously doing it and I love it and it's adapted and it's changed and it's had to do what it's had to do and I think that's something that I would love more people not more people to do but to understand is that that's not just with a pandemic that's with life in general that you should be very open about the world and life and where it can take you because when I was 14 years old and I was sat in school and they were like what do you want to be when you're older it was like a, I think my top choices was like a journalist or yeah a vet that was one of them definitely and then I'm like sat there and I look at my life now and I'm like I'm a photographer filmmaker clothing business owner content creative agency owner mentor medical scientist <laughs> I was like and I'm just like all of these things but I definitely know in in the space that I'm in there's a lot of people right now who are like I loved that you said about the guitar because that's something that I really think is a positive thing to be doing right now so for me I have gone back into gaming I used to love gaming I used to be on twitch and I'd actually get paid to play video games which was sick when you're 21 years old oh, yeah. but now I've been able to go back into that to love it again yeah and like that's something that I know as you know as this podcast it's called portable success but it's that that's the whole point of it it's meant to be portable so it's mm -hmm. like being able to whatever you want to do whether it is go on twitch and game and stuff like that or yeah. it is go and play the guitar there are so many different avenues you could do with that it could start as a hobby and it could go somewhere else you could teach but people you on can't youtube make money from your hobbies i mean the majority of people start something because they love it yeah, and it just so happens that they get so good at it that someone asks, "Can you teach me?" Yeah, and it develops into a business in that respect. But I think if you lose the fun of whatever it is that you're doing, it is a job. Whether you own the business or not, it's a job, and that is not the key to financial or time freedom. Yeah, you want to love to do it, and yeah. I think even like if you use like Christian Guzman as an example, he started Alphaly from a tiny what is a six hundred foot by 600 foot gym or something yeah because he wanted to work out that was just something that he liked to do and it's developed and even if you look at 3d energy and you've got his distribution business these are all so, like stemmed from one particular thing that he liked to do yeah like, and they've just they've built up because he saw a need for it and filled it yeah but he didn't do it because oh, i'm going to make money from that yeah i mean yeah you know money comes from it but it's not the driving force. You do it because you love it, or it's because it's something you believe in, or because it's something that you want. But it all stems from that one thing that you like doing. Yeah. Do you think that that's how your businesses businesses have developed then? Because then you've you've been able to not only love what you're doing, because I know you love what you're doing, because I spend time with you and we've done projects together and stuff. So I know you love it because it's yeah. you can tell when you speak to you about it. 
But like, do you think that's why you've been able to essentially do what Christian Guzman's done? And you've been able to find these little pockets and then you've just put yourself in them? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I only, excuse me, I only really started working out because of my first surgery, my first surgery on my knees, because the care that I received was quite poor, to be fair. And it's not really the NHS's fault, but it was a company that they had subbed the contract out to. So for physio, they sub it out to a company called Connect. Now, I had such a really bad experience with them that, I took it into my own hands of, right, if I want to get better and if I want to get back to playing football, I need to get fit and I need to rehab this properly. So I spent money on private osteos, I spent money on private physios, going to the gym, you know, any kind of supplement that I thought I would help me. And because of that, and like finding that actually when I walked into the gym, I wasn't overly comfortable. I'd never done it before, not in a public gym. When yeah. I was at Arsenal, we had a private gym. You know, it was completely different. That's where eclectic clothing came from, is me being comfortable, me creating clothes that I would want to wear in the gym. Mm-hmm. And me creating ebooks that would help me. All this information, like, I'm a habitual researcher. If I, if I really get into something, I'll research it till the end of time, which is great. But if you don't use that information and don't put it into action, it's completely pointless. Yeah. So all of this information that I gathered to help myself, I had people, because I lost quite a lot of weight, I was quite big back then, I had people come to me and saying, how did you do it? What do you eat? How do you work out? How do you know what you're doing? And I'm like, well, YouTube, really. I, I YouTubed everything. But if, if I can help you, I'll, I'll do it. So that's when I started writing ebooks, you know, and putting them on the site and, and creating clothes that I knew that people like me at the time wanted to wear and like the same as emerge is that you create clothes for people to be part of a community that's why for me eclectic is we are eclectic we are family because we you know everybody needs that support no matter whether you're an ifbb pro or whether you're just starting out because you have to like it's a community and if we all help each other there's no reason why we can't all win and that was exactly the same and then from that my eclectic photos, my uh, photography and videography, that came from being in the gym. And actually all the guys saying, oh, can you do me a photo shoot, you know? And and it's sort of snowballed from there. And again, with social media marketing, because I'm marketing these businesses, I've learned how to do it. So Mm -hmm. then I'm now doing it for other people. And like, it's exactly the same as you, like you love what you do. And if you didn't, you couldn't maintain the, the level of commitment it takes to juggle all of these balls. No. You know, you've got what three businesses yourself and a full time job. It, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't put the hours in if you didn't love what you do. Yeah, I think actually, yeah, because we're just about to open up the fourth business, which is insane. Um, yeah, like, it, and but that's one of the things. Like, I was thinking back on it, and I was like, you know, it does develop that way, and it's exactly what you said. If I didn't love it, like, if I didn't love the part of the process, I wouldn't be doing it. You know, yeah. the, the, there'd just be no point. And I think the main thing for me was I just like, ins- I really love helping people. Like, I really love seeing that progression. And I love mm-hmm. seeing like the analytics that go with it. So it's kind of like, you implement this, and then it doesn't work. And then I'm kind of like, Ooh, okay, what do we do now? And then I'm kind of like, okay, we change this, we go here, we maybe put this content here and see if we can hit into that demographic. And all this kind of stuff and to me that is the most fun out of it even if you took the money away from it i'd probably still be doing it which ironically you would have been the same in this boat we did it without any money like i built emerge elite on a thousand pound that was my first that was my first chunk of money that went into it and that was for a hundred t-shirts and 50 snapbacks Mm -hmm. and that was it and then i literally had them underneath my bed in my little room like little box room and every time I'd make a sale it would be like taking it out and putting a little thank you card in it and I was like you're amazing (laughs) and like packing it all together and like that just pushed me to want to do it more but then it was also being able to be like oh I remember this guy I remember you know Tony really likes to walk or I remember that Charlotte has a little terrier dog and they go running together so you remember to write down those little things and I now sit there with big clients who are earning 
100,000 six figures a month. And I'm sat there in front of them and they're like, oh, well, business is dropping off. And I was like, well, do you engage with any of them? And he's like, oh, I don't have time. You know, I make so much money. I don't have time. And I was like, no, you do. You definitely have time to engage with those people. If they are willing to open up their wallets and give you their credit card, you have time to appreciate them. And that's what I love most about it. But also, I mean, that's the bit that sets most businesses apart is actually getting to know your clientele. Yeah. Because people people buy emotionally and they justify it with logic. If you can connect with someone and actually remember them or, you know, be like sending them, you know, handwritten cards in their in their products, like that means a lot to people that you took the time to actually you know, connect with them on a personal level. And I get that not every company can do that, but there are other ways of doing it. And if they don't particularly have time, this is where people like us come in with our agencies and we do that for them. Yeah. We can create that community feel by giving them a personal touch. If you don't have that, or if they don't have a connection to you and they think you're just trying to sell them, you're never going to get anywhere near your goals that you have set for yourself. You have to really care about people and I think that's why me and you connected so well is because we actually care about what we're doing all of our businesses just stem from helping other people yeah if you don't do that then you're missing the point completely yeah and I think I also think that's why whenever we've had something like and I think this is where community really comes in like moving on to that point is that me and you work in the same space so it means we usually have the same competitors, which means we have the same clients and we're kind of working in this, oh sugar, we're kind of working in the same place, but without that whole, well, I'm going to beat you because yeah. I, I remember when you needed some photos and I was like, cool, I'll just drive to you. It's about an hour and 10 minutes away. I'll drive yeah. to you and we'll take some photos. And we did your YouTube intro video and stuff like that. And you were just kind of like, oh, do you want anything? And I was like, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I want to see you succeed. That's why I'm yeah. here. I was like, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I'm taking anything away from Emergerly or my own film and photography business. I'm just helping you at the same time, which I think is a very important thing. And I think it, it definitely comes a lot more concrete community when you get bigger, because now yeah. it's getting to the point where I'm literally calling you up, calling Danny up, calling the rest of the people on the team and just being like, can you do this for me? Yeah. Like, I, I will pay you, you know, like we've got to the point where we can do that now and just be like, I cannot handle this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get it. But there's like, obviously, if I just walked around being like, no, I, you know, you have to give me, you know, you have to give me this, you have to give me that. I'm selling this to you. I'm selling that to you. Instead of building a human relationship. Oh, where's that mm-hmm. gone? Um, I think it makes a massive difference. Yeah, 100%. I mean... Like, there's always a time and a place for it. There isn't, you know, I mean, majority of the gurus online say, you know, you can't offer free trials and stuff. And I, and I do agree with that to a certain extent. But when you're trying to build relationships and build a circle of... It's not just, like, a circle of business people. It's a circle of friends. Yeah. Um, you actually have to invest in people. Because, like you said, you'll get it back. It will come back eventually. At one point, you'll be like, okay, I need this. And, you know, someone's going to step up and say that I can help you. Because you've already created that that appreciation between the two of you. And in reality, let's be honest, like, how big is the market, the e-commerce market, regardless of whether you're selling nappies or you're selling an app or you're selling clothing? Like, the market is so immense. Like, you, there's no reason why we can't all win. Yeah. There is absolutely no reason why I can't help you, you can't help me, and then us both earn six figures. Yeah. Because even though we're in the same space, we may not be marketing to the same people. No. Or my clothing may not be the right kind of clothing for the people that you provide clothing for. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that we can't support each other in our ventures. Yeah. I mean, I... Uh, sorry, sorry. I, I mean, there's like, for me, there's a bit of a difference because you said right at the beginning, you were like, you know, oh, you shouldn't give like free guides out or something or maybe depending on what you're trying to do. And I agree on that on certain contexts, because obviously yeah. if someone turned around to me because um, and was like, 
teach me your Facebook ads, you know, because I get that a lot. If I post results, people mm -hmm. are like, oh, will you tell me that? And then I'm kind of like, no. I was like, mm -hmm. and the only reason I won't do that is because you've asked before doing anything else and yeah. two, the amount that I've invested into it. So like if I've invested £2,000 in courses and then probably spent the best part of £7,000 on the platform, mm -hmm. I'm looking at a nearly five-figure, you know, like investment into that. And yeah. if I turn around and just went, just was like, oh yeah, this random person, go have this, go make five figures from it, then I'd be like, because there's a lot of people out there that are very ASCII yeah. and then they don't appreciate like. I know if I gave it to you, very different. Because yeah. it would be appreciation. Sure. But there's a lot of people out there. And I think for me, I have been trying to teach people on like my mentoring sort of side of it, is that you need to, you need to learn to be very, very selfless at mm -hmm. the beginning and not give things away and just do this and do that and do this. But like, build those foundational relationships i work mainly with some photographers and i'm like building your portfolio is probably the best thing that you could be doing and also it puts you around the people that you want to be around like for me i was working with the best fitness influencers in the uk only two years ago and out of five people that i work with two of them are still my clients <laughs> and it's like and yeah. at the beginning, it was a free photo shoot. It was a free photo shoot, free free film shoot. And that was when, like, it, I can even say myself, my photography wasn't very good. Yeah, but that comes from that comes from doing it. And like you said, like, you create a portfolio. And it's any business, really, especially a service-based business, which is what we do, it comes from trial and error. And in order to do that, you have to do it. Yeah. You know, and it's exactly the same, like, with photography. Like, I... I got really close with the owners of my gym yeah. because I provided photography for the gym. Yeah. And in return, they helped me with my diet. There was no money exchanged. It was a mutual respect of, I appreciate what you do, so I'm going to help you in another way. I think that if you had, especially with things like making money online, for instance, everyone seems to think it's a get quick get rich quick scheme it's yeah, really not it's not and actually you probably lose more money trying to do it that way yep if you want someone to teach you something they need to even if it's a token gesture of something they need to put something in it in order to show that they're committed to it yeah because really like i mean you know you you're mentored by iman he says the same thing you need to have skin in the game in order for you to like appreciate what you're getting if someone just hands you a million dollar you know equation says right this is going to make you a million dollars go off and do it and yep. everyone's going to go oh thanks well it can't be that good she gave it to me for free yeah i 100% agree with that 100% yeah. agree with that because i remember distinctively that i gave away this um this ebook for a while and no joke you could have made uh, not loads of money but you could have made at least a, like another couple of thousand pound in the space of like three four months yeah. And I thought it was legit. I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. And it was my first one that I'd done and my first Facebook ads that I ran and all this kind of stuff. And when I was going through the analytics of people who actually opened the document and stayed on it for more than five minutes mm -hmm. was like 13%. Yeah. And then, funnily enough, I ran the same Facebook ads but made it £10 to buy and the open and read rate was then up to like, I think it was in the 60s. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is insane. But then at the this same point, worth. yeah, but you just said about Iman, like we both invested into that course. Mm -hmm. And I've also got another course that was done by, I don't know his second name, but his first name is Rudy. And it was $37, I think. So it might've cost me 30 pound tops. Yeah. And it says very, very similar stuff to Iman, but I value Iman's a lot more mm -hmm. because I put more money into it. <laughs> yeah. But it's crazy and that's how it works. But it's true. I think that you start giving things away for free, even, okay, if we talk about it in the terms of a value ladder, like you give out something for free just to get them into your funnel. You could get a show up rate of maybe 30% if you're lucky. 
because it's free. Yeah. People don't value it. If they, if like, for dentists, for example, if you give away free teeth cleaning, people will book it or they'll, you know, they'll go into the funnel, they'll give you the details, but they haven't committed any money yet. So as far as they're concerned, that appointment is expendable. Yeah. Uh, I'm running late today, not going to go, not going to bother calling, blah, blah, blah. But I think that if you say five pounds for a teeth cleaning down from 95 pounds obviously it's going to be a great offer people come in for it but they've invested some kind of money into it and yeah. also it's a micro commitment yeah these micro commitments build up to a point where you can actually sell them on the you know the higher ticket product yeah but people have invested in it so that you you're looking at a, a, a turn up rate of 60 just because they've paid for something yeah. and they don't they everyone wants value for money especially in a day like like now when people are struggling for money you know and people have been put on furlough they've lost their jobs money is a even more valuable than its face value yeah because there's so little of it going around at the moment yeah but i think that as soon as you start handing things out for free people just like how many times have you offered free consultation calls to anyone that wants to find out how to make money online and you could literally give them three specific ways of making at least a hundred pounds online that, that that day seven days how many people take you up on it oh, a couple yeah and then do they turn up for the call no because they don't value it yeah because they think if you're giving it away for free it can't work or it can't be that valuable yeah if you made them pay for a discovery call then they're gonna turn up because they don't want to waste that money yeah and i think that's that that is with anything you know like i said with a service-based business or anything else like if you send people free t-shirts they be like oh yeah it's great but i really like this one because i bought it yeah you know what i mean it's yeah. just it's human psychology they free does not mean better to to anyone no and it's how to use free content that's how mm-hmm. i found it because i still do a lot of things for free but the difference mm-hmm. is i'll do things like we have free t-shirts going to sponsored athletes or people we're in discussion with or something like that because then it's a value based sure. and it's the same with like ebooks so like uh, i ran some facebook ads that one ebook was about motivating yourself and it goes into the simple brain psychology um you know your frontal cortex and the back of your head and stuff and then i also did one on instagram to to target instagram and but they were literally just for leads Mm -hmm. and it was something like it's something crazy like i was getting 7p per lead yeah and then i think i got in the first first three days we got nearly 800 leads but then already i've started emailing that lead starting to work them down the funnel and you see it it's like it's going like this so now that 7p lead is now like 30p or 40p or 50p because i'm yeah i'm funneling them but for 7p per lead that's nothing to me and for ebooks that took me they both took me an evening each to write because it's something that i know very well so i can literally just sit at my computer and type it out as quickly as anything so it's like i've definitely found ways to make content work better for me in that point because also if you think Iman, Gary V, Tony Robbins, Ty Lopez, Sam Evans, all of those people right now are turning around and being like, more content, more content, more content, more value, more yeah. value, more value, free. <laughs> yeah, because like you said, they're taking you down the funnel. It yeah. leads to a course or an ebook or, you know, a webinar or something. Yeah. It takes you somewhere. I made that joke but... with you yesterday, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though, and eventually, like if you get given all of this information for free you don't value it therefore you don't action it yeah therefore you think it's a scam because you didn't get the results that they were as originally saying that you could get yeah but people don't take accountability for the middle part no nope. and it's the same when we're working with companies and we're getting them all these leads and we're bringing them all of this potential clients if they're not if they've not got a solid follow-up on the leads that we bring them it's a waste of money and it's lost. Yep. But people need to appreciate the fact that actually it's a step-by-step process and some of that responsibility lands on them. Yeah. And it's the same in a situation like now when, like we were saying, you've got Netflix or you've got a book by Tony Robbins. Yeah. Which one are you going to choose? Because right now, only one of them is going to benefit you. That is very true. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? And, and 
I think, like I said, we're all gonna. A lot of people are gonna get back to work, and it'll be the first week, and they go, "Ah, oh, I wish I had time to do this." And I'm yeah. like, "You've just been off for four months." Yeah. You so know? you imagine that because it's the first thing that everyone complains about because it's a main thing that I get told is because pe- I I basically work in the space of where you can make a substantial side income on top of your day job because that is what I'm very good at. <laughs> yeah. But I get loads of people who are just like, well, I just never have time and I never get to do this and I never get to yeah. do that. And I was like, well, what do you do on the weekend? And they're like, oh, well, Friday night, we always go down to the pub to do this, that and the other. And I'm like, okay, you can have that. Um, and then Saturday, it's like, oh, well, I don't get up until half 11 on a Saturday. And, and I'm like, why <laughs> do you did you need to sleep 12 hours like is work yeah. really that difficult because if that is the problem you need to change the job yeah like i mean i was working in the equine industry i was working as a vet nurse working 80 hours a week sometimes and i still ran three businesses well this is it and it's a case of desire do you want it or not like yeah oh 100 percent. and it's yeah, just I mean, um, people say i don't have time like we all have the same 24 hours we all have the same amount of time like you said me and you work day jobs like if you want it you'll make it a point you make it a priority yeah you know like you said we were saying before this call like when we're working we're in bed by nine because yeah. we're up at five yeah you just have to shift your pattern then three hours you spend watching netflix while you're eating your dinner you could be watching a course or running some ads or there's you can multitask like you have time yeah it's just whether you want to allocate that time yeah, you know what I love that I used to do in the beginning is that I, because working um, at my job now, um, so I'd work two hours before I even left to work. And then on my lunch break, I'd work that entire lunch break. And because my clients were there, That's the I'd be able to, yeah, in the car, because that now everyone knows me for being in the car. And, <laughs> you know, I'd be taking phone calls and doing this and doing that. And then it got to that point where I would like look at my screen at the end of it and I'd look at my invoices and stuff and I was like, I've made three times my daily pay mm-hmm. in a one hour lunch break. Yeah. And I was just like, but that was me being able to funnel exactly what I can do and how, not how quickly I can get it done, but how effectively I can get it done. You've got to create processes and you've got to create systems. And sometimes if you can create a system, stress test it and remove yourself from it and it works for you, while you're working another hour, that hour has suddenly become twice as valuable. Yeah. And like, you know, for yourself, if you build a team of people, you know, and sometimes, you know, we, we hire contractors and stuff. Some of them are in the Philippines. Yeah. These people are working while we're asleep. Yeah. It's about creating systems and processes and habits that work for you yeah. rather than you working for it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's, it's brilliant because it's like, as you said about contractors, I remember my first ever technical contractor was Sorrel, you know, my mm-hmm. partner, because yeah. I can trust her. I knew that she could do it. If, you know, I mean, it was quite simple anyway, but you know, like if I needed to teach her something, we live in the same house, Yeah. you know, and it, that was the best thing. And then obviously I brought other contractors on board because I was like, well, you're really good at this. And I really like this about you. And I really like this about you. And then it builds and then funnily enough like how you should build life as well like yeah you know when you're taking all of this value saying well that doesn't work for me so i'm gonna sub it out yeah or i believe that but i don't believe that so this is valuable to me i'll take this and i'll discard that it's the same for information yeah like i think people take the point and we're going oh you know i didn't believe them but why why didn't you believe them yeah when you haven't tested it and two you actually haven't put the time in to think what part of this do I not believe or what part of this do I not accept? What part of it could potentially be true, yeah. you know, and adapt everything. Not like I, I'm currently reading um, oh, a Tony Robbins book. It's over there somewhere. Oh, is it Unstoppable? Mm, or is it? One second, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Awaken the Giant Within. Oh, that's an yeah. old one of his. Yes, yeah, one of his older ones. Um, I have got the other one that you were just saying. Um, Unleashed Power, is it? Unstoppable. Oh, yeah, no, that's the financial one. I've got it. I haven't read it yet. That is the, um, that's the most recent one he's done. It's really, really good, but it actually doesn't really do many financial things in it. <laughs> it's quite funny. It's a great read, yeah. but it's like the last few chapters is actually about financial stuff. Right. Which then proves our point about everything else. It's like, it's not just always about the money. It's everything that goes into that funnel. Yeah. 
100%. But it's the same as this. Like, this book um, is very technical. Like, it's based on NLP and his adaption of NLP. Um, and a lot of it, like, the, he has this concept of getting an image in your mind and making it brighter to make it more vivid and make it more intense. And then, you know, if you want to dull it down or it's something that you want to work on and get over, you dull the image down, shrink it down. That, for me, even though I'm a visual person, doesn't work. Like, yeah. I cannot get my brain around it. The fact that you can get an image in your head and physically make it brighter, it just, I'm too logical for that. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. But the concept of using um, positive vocabulary, that I can actually get on board with and be like, okay, so instead of saying, you know, I'm really fucking pissed off, you say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a little annoyed. Mm. And it just reduces the intensity of the, the emotion that you're feeling. But things like that, like, there are a lot of things in this book that just don't sit right with me. But there yeah. are also other parts that do. And I'm taking the bits that are valuable to me and I'm internalizing them and rejecting the parts that just don't work for me. But everybody is individual. Yeah. Like the parts that don't work for me potentially could work for you. Yep. I mean, but like, it's all about adapting that. Yeah. It's like crazy because going on that, like, I think, I think already this year I've read maybe like 85 books. Um, but because I like them in audio, see, so yeah, this uh, is the thing. Yeah, I can't do audio. <laughs> but see, this is the thing, because I have books. I I yeah. do have them. I have some at my feet right now. I do read, mm -hmm. but because usually... Now, this is, this is how I've been able to adapt my time, is that because usually I wake up at 5 a.m., you know, like I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. I've got an hour drive to work, so I'll listen to an audio book. I've got yeah. an hour drive home, so that's two hours of listening to an audio book already. And then if I go for a walk on my own, again, audiobook. If yeah. I'm just sitting, chilling out, this is this is really bad to admit, but you know, like I'm playing The Sims or something, <laughs> audiobook. You know, like I can kind yeah, of better games than that, my mate. <laughs> yeah. I mean like if if I'm playing Call of Duty, there's no chance you you're getting anything else from me. But um like it's you know, it's kind of the way that I've been able to adapt it to work for me. But then also at the same time, I think it was last year in Cornwall I took a few books with me and towards the end because this was when I couldn't walk. Like I, I was walking in my boot, but yeah. I couldn't go out for walks with my parents and stuff like that, which was really annoying for me. So I spent a lot of the time in the little house that we rent. And um but I read I read books because I was sat there and I was just like I was working with clients, I was doing all that kind of stuff, but then I would sit there and I'd just pick up a book and just be like, actually, this is really, really good. And then because I am a person who I take like parts of it, so I've got a freaking highlighter in my hand that I've stolen off my mum, and I'm just going, that's good. Huh? Yeah, I do. And then I highlight that and I highlight that. This is why I can't ever resell them. To me, I can't get rid of books. <laughs> Honestly, I am so funny with my books. All my books are like, brand new still because I yeah. don't let people break the spine no folding the corners no highlighting I'd rather sit there with a notebook and make notes than actually oh no, it upsets me that you don't do that <laughs> sorry but no but that for me because that's more like because with reading so many of them in such a short period of time that's why highlighting works for me because then when I flick back it'll go to like the first thing that'll trigger off that point of the book and I'll be like yes that's a brilliant section for this or stuff Visual, like that visual. you're the same as me you have to work visually oh yeah 100% I definitely have to work visually it's like um when I discovered a author called Mel Robbins mm -hmm. my entire world changed her book the five second rule is insane and I talk about it with every single person I come across that reads books because mm -hmm. I love psychology in general this woman knows psychology and she knows it to the to the very simplistic stage of how you can make it so much easier for yourself you can make life so much easier for yourself yeah. and because i am the queen of procrastination and you probably think that's crazy because of how much that i do but i am the second i get onto this phone and i get onto like instagram and stuff yeah, I'll be commenting on people's photos with meaningful stuff and building my audience and stuff like that. But I'm stuck. Like, I'm stuck on that. And I, I'm like, sit there and I'm like, pretty sure I was meant to uh, write an article today or do this today or do that today. And then it gets to like 8, 9 p.m. at night. And I'm like, I haven't actually done what I needed to do. I've just done what I wanted to do. Yeah. 
I'm a habitual uh, list writer. Yeah. Like every day, like part of my morning routine, obviously get up, have my breakfast, have my shower, and I'll sit down at my desk and I have to write out my list of what I have to do today. Um, so I can physically tick things off and see me working through the list. Um, if I, if I don't, then I'm the same as you, like my mind wanders because I've got so much going on that it, I'm like, oh, I need to do this. And actually, oh wait, that's led me to think about this. And now I'm doing this and I'm on from one business to the third. And I'm like bouncing between the two. And actually I end up becoming a busy fool. So lists for me, keep me on track. You know, I have to know what I'm doing, know what I have to get done, the top three essential tasks for that day. And then, you know, all the other little bits that come up throughout it. but. I think that if you don't start organizing yourself, it's the same. You end up in a YouTube wormhole watching giraffes chase hogs around the... Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy shit. But it's like um, my worst thing, and I feel really uh, sorry for Sorrel about this, is that usually I notice that I'm going off the workload and I'm there on my computer like, yeah, 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 we're doing fine, we're doing fine. And I'm like, no, we're not. We're not doing fine at all. And then I'll literally look and I'll be like, this is a shithole, this place is a shithole, it needs to be clean, I can't work in a dirty environment. And there's like, there's like a mug. There's, there's just this, there's just a mug on the table. Yeah. Like, and that's it. And I do that to snap myself out of it. It's a, it, and it's not a great way to be. Like, I need to change it. But that's what happens. Well, that's what happens to me. And this is why Mel Robbins, she goes into the five second rule, which is, you know, you go five, four, three, two, one, and then you move. Yeah. And I've, especially in the last six months, because before I didn't have any clients, you know, like I'd have photography clients, but that's different. I go, I take the photos, I edit them, done. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not really, there wasn't really a follow up with it because most of the people that I work with loved my stuff anyway. So that was a benefit. But now working with clients and they're like, well, you said you were going to bring us in a hundred leads this month. And I'm there on my computer and I'm like, yeah, we're trying, I'm trying to figure out why that's not happening. Cause this ad did work last month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, stuff yeah, like that. I mean, it's a logical thing, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, now I've had to teach myself to be like, you've got your list, you know what you need to do. And, but also being like, I need to get up now. I need to move. I need to refocus myself, even if it's just going and washing my hands, something that takes me away from the wormhole that I've put myself in and become more productive again, because anyone can be busy. Anyone in this Yes, I swear by work blocks. And it's why people find it really funny that I can still play video games, even though people are like, well, video games are just as bad as Netflix because I work in work blocks. My best time is from 5 a.m. to about 11 a.m., so those six hours is where I yeah. don't feel like I need to take a work block. I can work pretty consistently. I get a lot done. But then after that, I'll be like, right, okay, I'm going to go for my walk now or do my exercise now or play Call of Duty for an hour. Like, and then I do that. And then if there's anything left on that list, I'm just, I just yeah. pick it out. Or I'll go, oh, you know what? Actually, I really like this. I'll go do this now. But then from then on, I'll only do like an hour. Mm-hmm. I do an hour on and a half an hour off. I don't know how you do your your work yeah mine mine's pretty similar um usually from seven till 12 um i'll work solidly and then from 12 to one i'll sit in the garden i'll read for an hour i like to get at least 30 pages in a day um and then yeah after after one i then go to every 90 minutes my work blocks i think uh concentration starts to wane after that point so i mean i have to like you get up and you know go and take a walk or just to stop my mind getting frazzled because i think if you force yourself into productivity you become even less productive than you would be and that's what i was saying about being busy like anyone can be busy because like i can be busy you know like i can be busy looking at youtube yeah and i'm not doing anything but i can say i can say that i'm looking at the seo of youtube (laughs) but i'm not i'm actually just looking for like i don't know call of duty epic kills or something i don't know (laughs) You know, like, and then that's when I'm kind of like, well, this is not being productive anymore. Like, this is just making myself busy. You can busy. be busy and not productive. Yeah, and that's like, that was my worst thing when I began because, like, obviously working at least 14 to 16 hours a day in my day job and then having to try and cram two to three hours of normal, you know, actual my work on top of that. I was very busy. And busy was usually falling asleep on my bed with my laptop on my knee. Yeah, I mean, like when you're working a day job that is mentally taxing anyways, it's hard to then come home and then dedicate another four or five hours 
to your own stuff. And don't get me wrong, like people should be doing that. Yeah. But it's how you manage that time. Like you're going to be exhausted when you get home at six, seven o'clock. So then working hour blocks and taking a 20 minute break is going to benefit you more than if you sat there solidly from seven through till 11. Um, you'd probably get more done in an hour work block than you would in those four hours because your, your mental capacity is reduced. Yeah. Because you're exhausted. If you keep refreshing that every hour, going up, you know, making a cup of tea or just getting away from your, your work, yeah it then reframes and refreshes your mind to go again yeah and also taking your eyes away from it so that you could be making that cup of tea and you go actually i could try this and it just because you've completely shut your mind off for a minute you can allow it to open itself back up to you to be like no this is what we need to do yeah well of course it is your brain never stops like even when like that's why we dream that's why things like that happen our brain activity never stops so yeah so i I love that side of it so i think we're gonna wrap up a little bit now just because i think we've been going for nearly an hour <laughs> so it's we're doing well for us isn't it <laughs> I, to be honest it is usually i come and see you at about 9 a.m in the morning and then i don't leave until like the evening yeah <laughs> um but yeah like i just i'd like to end this now when i've got people on the podcast of something that they would suggest that people in general would do you can link it to business you can link it to lifestyle or whatever you want but just like a a tip a tip that you would say that really benefited you in your industry your life whatever and then we usually end on that okay um my tips read read anything and everything you can get your hands on honestly um i've always like i said been a habitual reader since i was a kid um not only did it improve my vocabulary uh, but it improved my mind. You know, I was open to more context, more prospects, all because I thought more broadly. Um, what I've read, what I, what I read now <clears throat> is um, obviously a lot different to what I used to read. But that comes with developing a taste for reading, you know. Yeah. Um, and like I said, something like this benefits me more on a daily basis than, you know, sitting there and playing Call of Duty, as much as I love to play Call of Duty, um, I think that it's something that you can take into every aspect of your life, you know, whether it's work or dealing with your friends or, you know, building a business. It's something that can always benefit you. Um, I think one of my favourite books was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, that is a brilliant book. Honestly, it was one of the only books that I genuinely thought, actually, I can really take majority of this forward and it benefits you in everything, like yeah. the way you deal with people, how to understand people that you're dealing with, and actually get what you want by appreciating the person you're talking to and understanding where they're coming from. So that that kind of knowledge helps you in every aspect of your life, like whether it is business, fitness, you know, friends, family, strangers, you're the corner shop owner, you know, it's crazy. So yeah reading read everything read anything that's brilliant well thank you very very much bianca for being on the podcast i know that we're going to do this again it'll probably be quite a regular thing because we're so closely linked um absolutely love talking to you thank you so much for being on the podcast and we'll see you in the next one happy to do it mate thank you awesome pal that was